Welcome into another edition of Sunday Stories. I'm your host, Corey White, and I'm joined by Ray Dorwart. Uh, Ray, uh, tell us a little bit about how you got involved with uh, North Church Guthrie. Well, it started uh, just prior before you started the uh, North Church here in Guthrie. Scott Klemanski and his wife came in my shop one day, and they uh, talked about starting a new church, being part of a new church plan in Guthrie. They were uh, so enjoyable to visit with. They're just very knowledgeable in Scripture and, and just personality, and, and I really enjoyed it. And then, and then really probably the best thing is uh, they gave me a coffee cup and a packet of hot chocolate mix from Rick's Coffee and a T-shirt and a pen. <laughs> I say that jokingly. I mean, I guess that's what I got, but... Um, Nothing wrong with coffee and hot chocolate. <laughs> were, you, were you at a service at this point? Or? Say that. Right, were you at a North Church service? No. Oh, okay. okay. No. They, they came by. and They came by. Came okay. by my shop in Guthrie. They were just uh, walking around town, downtown Guthrie, and uh, just introducing themselves and what they plan to do in the community. And just really, a, really an enjoyable time for me. So... We didn't get started right away. Uh, my wife's uh, daughter, a period of time later, had come, was diagnosed with stage four uh, breast cancer. and So we went and got her and moved her in with us. And at that time we were going to church, Cowboy Church down in Oklahoma City on the backside of Remington Park. And I'd been going there since 1994, October of 94. And I enjoyed it, but it was quite a commute because we live north uh, east of town here in Guthrie, and to drive down there and drive back and and with her daughter and all that, and and we were doing a lot of trips to Oklahoma City anyway during the week on this cancer deal, and we decided we'd look for a church here in Guthrie, and actually it was probably my wife's idea to do that and I wasn't too hot on it because I'd been to a number of them here prior to off and on prior to our marriage but uh, I said let's try that North Church she says okay so I think it was I'd, I might be wrong but I think it was like uh, maybe two months short of being your second year of being open in Guthrie and wow, I mean, it was it was really neat. We really enjoyed it. The music was extremely loud for me, <laughs> but but I but I've come to enjoy that. I'm not complaining about it, but I there, I found there. I find it funny because I used believe it or not, I like rock and roll music, and I have for years and years and years. That's what I, old rock rock and roll. Uh, and so I, when I was younger, of course, I'd have that stuff cranked clear up. So what do I? What's what am I talking about? Loud, you know. But uh, anyway, it was just uh, the people. I was just we were amazed. We, after that one one service we went to, I and I and I know my wife was the same. I can speak for her that that we were sold on going to church there. 
there's probably a big difference and there's plenty from that story I want to unpack as we go through this podcast, but there's probably a big difference in the music in, in a cowboy church and North church. What are the differences between going, you go to, uh, you know, a cowboy church for, you said, uh, at least a decade or over yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, to, to go come to like a North church, which is more kind of a more modern, um, uh, you know, uh, got, got that kind of more of modern feel for a church. Yes. Well, yeah, the music was different, obviously. Uh, basically, what we sang in that cowboy church was old hymns. And uh, we had uh, at different times, we'd have one gentleman that uh, played a guitar and sang and he had songs that he wrote and some of them had a cowboy flavor to them and, and a lot of them were, were old old hymns and then we had a small band and, and it varies but it was basically your old the old style hymns uh, and a lot of a lot of them that spoke to the blood of Christ you know and I still I still like them hymns really well and uh uh, really strikes a chord with me but I tell you you know and I had heard modern Christian music I might I, I guess this would be the word for it and a lot of it I did not really care for uh, I didn't care for, not not say maybe the uh, the words but the the music behind the vocals or the beat or something I remember the, although I will tell you this, the first, first Christian music I listened to ever that was modern would have been probably in, I'm guessing somewhere around 86, 87, it was a band called Striper. You were in a band? No. It oh, was, you, it was a band called Striper. It was Striper. a band called Striper. <laughs> I, I, they had a Christian message, but I don't know how Christian they were, but it was really a rock and roll okay. band, you know. But yes, there was a difference. But I, I really have, I really, I really like the songs we have. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I just enjoy them so much. I, I, I would like, <clears throat> I've told Eddie, I've told my wife, I've told different people, I've told those that are up there singing or playing, I afterwards I say, man, I'd like to have a recording of that <laughs> just so I can listen to it throughout the day. You know, there's there's a few there's a few songs that you hear that we play on uh, on on a lot of the contemporary Christian radio stations. I'm like, you know, that song. I think it sounds better coming up from our band. Yeah, very blessed to have a great band. Oh man, yes, and yeah. such a wide variety of uh, musicians and and uh, singers. It's just. Uh, astounding to me. Yeah, the amount of talent uh, yes, is just yes. phenomenal. Yeah, let me ask you what What do you do uh, at, at church? What do, you serve, obviously. So what What uh, What do you serve? Where do you serve? I serve on the prayer team, and uh, I uh, I enjoy that so much. Uh, I back when we were meeting at church before this. COVID thing, uh, I served both, I would serve both services. I, I, I enjoyed it so much to, to be up there after the first service and up there after the second service. And a neat thing about that is off of the, off of the prayer team is hearing that sermon twice back to back 
of, of picking up things the second time that I didn't hear the first time. And I, you know, I try to serve where I can, how I can. I don't, my job is a prayer team, if that makes any yeah. sense. But uh, we started, actually, we started out, I think we really started out uh, picking up chairs and stuff after the second service and uh, staying there to disassemble. And then Hetty asked me to, to, be on the prayer team and I migrated to that and we still picked up chairs we still disassembled you know and, you got to be in a church plant you kind of do it all <laughs> you don't have one gig right uh, yeah it's and I and, and I there's just it's just the way it is with anything it doesn't matter whether it's a church or what it might be you got a small group of people that do 20 percent of the people do 80 percent of the work and that's just the way it is mm-hmm you know that I'm sure uh, understanding that in the business world that that's kind of the way it is that uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I tend to be part of the 80 percent though that oh I, do doubt, I doubt that. <laughs> uh, you 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 have a men's group as well correct uh that you that you kind of champion pardon me a men's group that you champion yes oh, yeah yes. tell me about that I started out um, well I can back that up a ways and it's kind of and the reason I'm, I'm going to go back on it is the fact that I learned something. I, I had a, a Bible study in my boot shop. And uh, I'd have, you know, anywhere from five people up to five men up to about 17, I think, is as many as I ever had. And I did that for three years, maybe maybe close to four. And for various reasons, a lot of them kind of started dropping out. It got to the point where I had one guy that was faithful, came every every meeting, and, and, uh, and if you've ever led a Bible study or did a sermon, you put so much into it, and, and, and which is all right. That's a good deal because you learn. But I just, I got... I got kind of maybe bitter on the deal. I don't know if that's the right word. Is it because there you people weren't showing up and you yes. thought, yeah yeah so you kind of got, got discouraged discouraged yeah that'd be or frustrated because I would spend so much time putting together a study and then I'd have one guy show up so finally I just quit it. I didn't ask the Lord if I should quit it. I just quit it and then that went on for a number of years. My wife kept saying, you need to get your Bible study going again. Did you ask whether you should have quit or not? And I said, no. <laughs> I quit because I wanted to quit. <laughs> I'm a man, darn it. I do what I want. That's exactly right, you know. So anyway, um, so after, it, it was quite a number of years there. I don't remember exactly, but when I got to go into ch- uh, North Church early on, uh, Hetty would come in and visit and, and spend some time there and we'd visit and talk about the word and what's going on in her life and whatever, you know. And he says, you ought to have a men's Bible study here because I think some men would enjoy coming. So I said, okay, we'll do that. So I did. And then that rocked along for a while and uh, and that varied, you know, and I understand because you can't, everybody can't get 
same place at the same time all the time. But uh, then, then we started the G three, which is the Wednesday night groups that yes. uh, you know that that normally goes on. For those that don't know, G three, yeah, yeah it's been disrupted a little bit by uh, by obviously social distancing. But yeah, yeah. the G three. So we started G three, and uh, Hetty seemed to think that I needed my Bible study at G3, and he announced that I was going to be there, but he never did talk to me about it, <laughs> which, which is all right. I mean, that <laughs> just tickles me, but uh, so I did, and, I, and, that, and I've enjoyed that so much. You know, I, I think if somebody, and we can go clear back to my very first Bible studies, if somebody takes the time out of their life to come and spend some time in God's Word, um, that's a bonus, and 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 I I'm so thankful that I get to be part of that, and I and and our attendance for G three has been up and down, but man, I'll tell you what, we've had some Bible studies that that's just been, I think, phenomenal, I just, better than I have even could have hoped or dreamed to have. You know, I mean, uh, the are they are uh, they is it primarily men? Or is it, oh, is it just all men? It's all men. Yeah. Okay, so it is all men. Yeah, let, me, want, let me ask you what. Can, what, I, can I interrupt oh, no, you ahead. for a minute? Yeah. Um, in between my first Bible study that I quit, and then when I really quit, my wife talked me into having a Bible study with couples. <laughs> I mean, and that, no offense to any ladies at all. But that was not what I was led to do, and I didn't like it. Because when you get some men together, it's a it's it's a different a different environment than when you have ladies or kids there too. And so you can really you can really talk about some things, and you can and and as they become more comfortable, those around you they. They begin to ask you for prayers about things that they would never ask. You know, I mean, it, so I'm I'm adamant about it being men. Okay. And uh, what are, what are the struggles? Uh, you know, when when men do ask you, and just from a high level, nothing specific. But what do you? What are some of the common struggles that you're seeing uh, in in your men's group that men are facing uh, today that you're seeing, and they're asking you for prayers about? Some of it is relational, relationship, relationship. Is that correct word? Relationships. <laughs> relationships. Yeah, relationships. Relational. Rela Re relational. Relational. <laughs> relational troubles, maybe. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Thank you, sir. Uh, and some of it is uh, problems with addiction. And uh, like substance abuse, or maybe pornography, various things. Various things. Okay. Yes. You know, and. and uh, you know, just plain issues of life. You know that that men go through, and women don't know and understand things that men go through, because we're different, and men don't understand things women go through. But uh, there's a lot of stuff that you know we live in a in a society now that has kind of made fun of a man's role in, in 
family and and church and government, you know, it's and uh, and obviously on our uh, sitcom TV shows, which I don't watch, but you know, the, the man is always kind of put down as a and so we've lost that order that God has set forth since the foundations of the earth were laying that um, basically man is under under God or, or as today is under Jesus's headship and the wife's under the man's headship and the children are under their headship and that keeps order in a, in a situation if we didn't have if we didn't have leadership and and, and a, a different uh, layers or areas of authority in that leadership we couldn't have a an army you know it'd be chaos we couldn't have a government system it'd be chaos we couldn't you know you got to have order and that's what it is it, it it wasn't putting a man above women for example but you have to have some kind of leadership in that so anyway we as men we face a lot of a lot of things uh not only around us but within us from that uh the situation where we're at today spiritual warfare yes exactly yeah, i mean there's definitely a lot of temptations a lot of things mm. a lot of struggles going around i mean obviously with uh you know <clears throat> the cell phones everything at your fingertips nowadays there's definitely uh, you know both men and women um yeah. obviously there's struggles i think life uh presents uh, a lot of struggles today that it didn't necessarily present um 10 15 20 years ago I, and I, I do want to get to your family at some point here. I want to I want to chat about your family, but first I want to ask you: You're kind of a Guthrie staple. You're you're. You, what, tell me about your boot shop. What I just I mean, had it, had, tell me how that came about. You just, you just make boots, but you make boots that are uh, that are sought all over the world. So how did how did you get into to boot making? You know that's a long story, but I but I will tell you this. Um, without going into the whole depth of it, I I I cowboyed on ranch. I wasn't a rodeo. I did rodeo some, but I was a, basically a ranch cowboy for a lot of years. And I had a, I had many times I had horses go down, different things and got hurt. But I had had one go down with me, and and uh, I got hurt really really bad out of the deal, and and it. Uh, caused me to start thinking about some different things um i had uh, how long do we have i don't want to run this out but <laughs> as long as you want right okay this, this is your broadcast man but okay you, yeah, just tell uh, i mean i want i'd like to i'd like to learn a little more about you so okay well i was in a in a camp i worked for a big ranch and they leased another ranch and they put me in a camp there and i had a little over 3,300 head of two-year-old cattle I was riding, and it was 52 sections. If anybody knows, sections 640 acres. So you can figure out the, how many acres that was. But uh, I was there by myself, and I had this horse go down, and I got hurt bad. And Anyway, later on, of course, I did everything that you're supposed to do. You know, I, I got back to camp, and I tore up some white t-shirts and banded myself up and 
went out the next day and did what I did the day before, you know. Did you, but, did you kind of decide that wasn't the life for you? Is that it? No. Well, I'm kind of in a way. So I was fine. I just kept working. And, and uh, then uh, the manager of that ranch, he and the owner came up one morning. It was an 89-mile drive one way to where I was at. And, and Jack Runner was a was a manager. He'd come up, oh, every two weeks just to be up there by 5.30 in my camp and uh, just to eat breakfast with me. Um, I made sourdough biscuits. Where you had to keep the windows closed, otherwise they're so light they'd float out. Mm. They were good. Sounds tasty. <laughs> anyway, he and, he and uh, Mr. Pace showed up and, and I fixed breakfast for him and and uh, Jack asked uh, what we were going to have for dinner, which is, for those that don't know, dinner's at noon, supper's in the evening. I said, well, I don't know. I was going to ride that chalk bluff pasture, which is a 40-mile ride, round trip. I said, I was just going to take a lunch. He said, well, I wanted Mr. Pace to eat some more of your cooking. I said, okay, I'll find something around here to do, and I'll have you ready for you at noon and so I did and they were there eating and there was this uh, it's kind of an exaggeration but they're almost like they had their heads down and running the spoon and a fork at the same time and Mr. Pace said uh, man this this is the best food I have ate for a long time this is a man that probably could eat anything he wanted he's fairly wealthy and Jack said yeah I'll raise practicing his cooking so when he gets so crippled up he can't ride he can cook on these ranches and he said it in jest and we all laughed and had fun about it and they laughed and then there for a month or two I just kept thinking about that and I thought I know what them old crippled cowboys I've been around enough of them ranches they've got a place to sleep and they got something to eat and they got the guy's office job to have to do to do it you know and I don't want to do it it just sounds like a country song right now. Huh? It sounds like a country song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I heard Garth Brooks sing this once. <laughs> yeah. So, and I and I thinking I'm going to do something different. I'm 35 years old, and I got a pickup and a saddle and a bedroll and a couple of dogs, and, and I'm going to do something different. And I had a friend, Kenneth Mittling. He was, at that time he was in Montana. And I have no idea how he showed up, how he even knew where I was at. But he showed up one day and and uh, spent a couple of weeks there with me. And and, uh, and he said he one day he says, you know, cowboys are the only people I know that quit their job and go see a friend and do the same thing they quit. You know, <laughs> so we'd lay around camp there in the evening, nighttime, talking about stuff and. He decided he was going to go to California and learn to be a rain cow horse trainer, which is, means nothing to probably to anybody. And I said, I think I'll be a saddle maker. And, uh, and he says, no, I think you ought to be a boot maker. So that's how my boot making thing got started. So And how long ago was that? that you, was, you were 35, so. That was in 1981. Okay. In 1982, I... I left the ranch and went to Utah and paid a bootmaker to teach me how. And eventually, um, 
started my own shop and and then when I uh that's a whole long story I'm gonna say it but anyway I got acquainted with a boot maker had been building boots for 50 some years and he kept wanting me to go to work for him and he was in Guthrie Oklahoma and so after about seven years of him calling and writing me I called him up and says you still want to hire me and he says yeah and I said I'll be down there tomorrow so I packed what little things I had and Headed to Guthrie. That's how I got in Guthrie. With with the thought that I wasn't going to be here for more than two years because there was way too many people and so many trees I could not see anywhere. And that was in 19, April 13th, 1989. I'm still here. You're one of the few people who would say Guthrie had too many people. <laughs> too many people and too many trees. Yes, sir. Well, you you have a shop, and it's it's located in, in historic downtown Guthrie, America. Um, you know, what, what is, what is the craft of, of boot making mean to you? And, and what do you, what do you get out of, uh, out of that, the process of, of, of doing that by hand and making, making a handcrafted boot? It's really, to, to me, it's, it's amazing. First off, uh, when I think about it, you take, uh, I, I don't, when somebody brings something up, like a question like you just did, once in a while I'll have somebody come in and they're just well, Google-eyed. And I get to thinking about it. It is pretty neat. Take a flat piece of leather, which is basically one-dimensional, and you make a three-dimensional piece of footwear that fits somebody and lasts them a long time. It's something that creativity, of it, I guess, uh, the ability to do it. And I and I praise my Lord for that. Um, well, I praise Him that I'm still doing it because I guarantee you what I even to today I, after all these years I still struggle with being inside that shop because I'm I've always been an outside person and uh, He has just kept you know a neat thing probably going in a little different direction. I used to have so many people come in because Guthrie at one time was just a packed full of touristy people, you know, and and I'd spend, everybody came in, I would spend some time with them because when I was little, my dad instilled in us boys that if somebody's going to take time out of their life to visit with you, pay attention to them and visit with them, you know, and so that was just in me. So somebody comes in, I know whether they're going to buy a pair of boots or not. And uh, most of most majority of them, 99% don't. They just want to come see it. Never seen a boot shop. And uh, so I'll visit with them, find out where they're from, what they're doing, you know, just da 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 What's neat is a lot of them, will, I'll, they'll come back a year or two or three later, going through, and they say, well, we were here last year. And I said, well, I apologize. I don't remember you offhand, but start asking them a few questions and then I said then I can add to their story and they'll remember that I remembered them then but um but it's kind of but anyway spending all that time I'm, I just kind of get farther behind on my production and and so many times my wife Tamara and I talk about moving the shop to my house where because I, I didn't need to be on Main Street um so we'd get to that very point where we're just about tipped over the fence to do it. 
and the Lord would bring somebody into my shop that I had the opportunity to pray with or share the gospel or lead to the Lord Jesus, you know, and and I'd, and I'd be so excited about it, and I'd call her back up, and I'd say, Tamara, da-da-da-da. So she'd say, yeah, I know. We're supposed to be. <laughs> You're supposed to be there. And I said, I know I'm supposed to be here, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it took us a long time going through them little f- stages uh, because then rock along there six, eight months later, and I'd, we'd be right back into it again, you know, thinking I'm going to quit. And he'd faithfully bring somebody. And not that he didn't bring, doesn't bring people all the time, but it was so uh, upfront in our faces that when those times happened that we knew that I needed to stay there. That was, that was kind of your your street corner a little bit where you where you could minister. You know? Yes. Yeah, that was your yes. street corner, your your uh, your your shop. No. Uh, you you have people who call you from around the world, right? Uh, yes, sir. For boots and stuff. Yes, sir. I mean. Let me ask two two part question. Where's the most exotic place somebody's called you for a pair of boots? And secondly, what kind of satisfaction do you get out of out of just putting you know putting joy in people's lives in that regard? Oh man, that that I can't I can't put words to that. It's uh, it is uh, so fulfilling to me to have somebody excited about their boots they get and the way they fit and the way they wear and I I have people call me every once in a great while that that are that were customers and say, Man, I just want to call and tell you I just love these boots. They just fit so well and they just I don't know had so many compliments or whatever it might be, you know. Um probably I don't know, Japan probably was the most exotic maybe. Japan? You know. Okay. Yeah. And I, I could go further where that customer was and who it was, but I've just right. I've made it a point not to, to to disclose your customers. Yes. Yeah, we we don't need to do that on Sunday mm-hmm. stories. But I, 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 I think I've heard that there's a, a big cowboy culture in, in Japan, yes, if sir. I'm correct. Yep. Let's let's pivot and just tell me a little bit about, about your family, uh your wife and uh and kids and things like that. Tell me a little bit about 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 the people that surround you. Well, as of right now, basically, there's my wife and I. <laughs> uh, her and I have a son, Daniel. A lot of people know him. He is working out in uh, western Oklahoma for a bridge company building bridges. Uh, we've got... Tamara had a, a son and a daughter, Trey and Amber. Um, but they left. They've been basically gone for a lot of years. And uh, other than when we brought Amber back and she spent a year with us. Is she the one who had uh, breast cancer? cancer? Breast cancer, okay. And you, stage and you, four. I want to tell you, stage yeah. four. And she went and I... I might be wrong on this, but it seems like it's been a little over two years now. And she was uh, cancer-free after all the stuff she went through. What a... She was an inspiration for anybody who would known her because she never got down, just always joyful, just through the whole thing. Anyway, she was cancer-free. She's Recently, they've found cancer again, and they're going a different route, but... Um, what a what an inspiration to the 
to anybody that was around her and visited with her. Strong. I mean, so strong. You know, so strong. What a, I mean, what a fighter. Yes. You know, I mean, I've, you know, to go through something like that. You know, it's, it's, what kind of inspiration do you draw from her um, when you, you know, as you've seen her go through something like that? Or strength, maybe? Well, it makes me feel kind of weak at times. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, I, I would hope that I would have that much uh, trust in the Lord to help me through it. Um, and believe that much and be be up about it, you know? I mean, just, she continued to live her life as she was, you know? Uh, what a, you know, it wasn't, oh, I'm so sick, or oh, this is awful, you know? None of that stuff, never, you know? Just upbeat, going da-da-da-da. Yeah, I'd, I wouldn't be like that. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be complaining all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> it would, yeah, I would not have that kind of strength. What you know, she. I want to say this. She was. She was a a believer. She was saved uh, when she was fairly young. But um, she has has become so much more outspoken about the Lord. She is, and she she'll call her mother up and read her. Uh, a devotional she read, you know, and I'm just just really into it. That's good. I'm glad. Mm -hmm. Good to see and yeah. good to know. Yeah, that's great. It, uh, I'm sure that that journey um, would strengthen her faith. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. How about you? What is what does the future hold for uh, you and your wife? For my what? Yeah, for you and your wife. What does the future hold? Oh wow, it's yeah. huge. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you something. I don't. I, when I turned 60, which would have been 11 years ago, I thought, you know, man, uh, I could potentially live to be 120 years of age. So that gives me 60 more years. I've only gone halfway through. So 60 more years. What can I do differently for, a, for an income for work, for a job, and what more can I do in uh, my Christian walk for people? So, I don't know if that tells you anything or not, but to me, I see a wide open future. You got you got the world in front of you, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me ask you if somebody's on the fence about coming to uh, to North Church Guthrie. What uh, what would you tell them? What advice would you give them uh, about about coming to North Church or just coming to church in general? Can we go on to another question? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, you're you're good. Uh, you're good. Uh, I got a, a myriad of things in my mind going. Is there on. is there is there one thing? Uh, maybe I'll ask you this. What is the and and you you touched on a little bit at the beginning, but what is the one thing? about North Church. We talked about the music, but uh, um, that, that really stands out to you and, and keeps you coming back. I would say the uh, fellowship of, of everybody, uh, the, the love that's in that church, it's expressed. 
and not just for Guthrie, but at times when we go down to to the main church. Yeah, campus in Edmonds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the home okay. base, the mothership. Yeah, the mothership. <laughs> there you go. Um <laughs> Uh, Pastor Rodney told me one time, he says, that's not the main church. <laughs> 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 or something like that. But anyway, you know, it's it's the same there, you know, and I and obviously we know some of those people, kind of, uh, but it's so welcoming. Now, I'll tell you a story. I think this is kind of neat. Uh, it deals with diversity. So... And and then we have a great diversity in our mm-hmm. in our congregation. And, yeah, I mean, I, you know, we've yeah. Absolutely. And uh, so I think it was, I believe it was last year. Uh, I was during the eighty niners parade, not because this this past year was canceled because of the uh, the COVID. No, we had stuff. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so North Church. Guthrie was going to be in the parade. And uh, Hetty asked if I would walk in the parade with him. I said, yeah, I'd do that, I guess. And so he gave me a T-shirt. Of course, probably very few people know, but I do not wear T-shirts on the outside. No, and right now he is in a pearl snap for... for for all the listeners out there in blue jeans and, and, and cowboy boots, you can imagine. So anyway, insisted on me wearing this T-shirt, and my wife did too because she said, they got that T-shirt for you and you got to look like everybody else. So I put it on under my shirt with a few, few Un- buttons unbuttoned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're sitting there staging, getting ready to go, and somebody showed up with a, like a side-by-side deal, and it was hot out, you know, and there's a long walk all the way down, actually ends up going past my shop and then goes back to the, starts at the temple and makes a big old loop horseshoe. And I'm thinking, you know, I think I'll ride in that because he asked me if I want to ride in that, and I said, yeah, I'll do that. So I'm sitting there, in there, and Hetty comes over and he says, what are you doing? And I says, I'm going to ride with Josh and his side by side. He says, no, you're not. He says, you're going to walk right up front with me because I want people to see the diversity <laughs> of our church. <laughs> I said, okay, I'll do that. So I did. Oh, and sac- had fun. Sacrificing yourself for, for <laughs> yeah, the, good, for the w- good of the diversity of the church. Now I'm talking about there's a coffee shop that's just a, to the corner right there from my shop a block east and then a half a block south. I don't walk over there. I drive over there. <laughs> <laughs> and you're probably wearing your cowboy boots too. And they, walking on concrete is not always the easiest. No, they, you know, I've worn boots. them things for so many years. Mm-hmm. It's just not a problem. My wife thinks I need to go walking. So she thinks I need a pair of tennis shoes to go walking. But I, oh, man, I've walked in these things for 65 years or more. They're, 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 a second, they're a second set of, set of skin, right? Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, Ray, I appreciate you. appreciate you uh, coming on the show, and thanks for having us. Uh, thanks for being on the show. 
That's Ray Dorwart. He was our guest today on uh, the Sunday Stories podcast. And what do we say? Raise a hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> That will do it for this edition of Sunday Stories. We'd love for you to follow North Church on Facebook and Instagram. North Church experiences are live streamed on Facebook and YouTube, as well as available on our website. You can find that by going to north.church. Thank you for listening, and as always, love God, love people, and follow Jesus. There is no editing. <laughs> what is that Hattie Coleman method? There is no editing. <laughs> there is no editing. <laughs>